Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 12 of Hockey Heads Podcast. I'm Lyle. I'm Julian. And, um, Happy New Year's. I know our last video was, um, uploaded around New Year's, but we recorded the day before New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, so, we're in a new year, new decade of hockey, um, so... It's very big, so we will cover everything that happened in the, I guess, first week, around first week of um, of 2020 in hockey. As again, I'm Lyle. I'm Julian. And let's get into it. We're the hockey heads. We talk about hockey. We talk about hockey. A lot of hockey. We like hockey. We talk about hockey. Yes, we like All right, welcome to episode 12 of Hockey Heads Podcast. Um, Let's start out with today's, or this week's news. So starting off, um, I like to say the three stars of the week, and then compare them to your top uh, players of the week. And the three stars of the week, at number three was Zach Wierenski, and number two was Mark Scheifele, 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 and um, at their first star of the week was Nathan McKinnon. Also, a big piece of news was at the IIHF World Juniors, Canada wins gold versus Russia. Um, I do not remember the score of the game. Do you? I think it um, was 4-3, Canada. Yeah, it was a very tight game because I know Russia was beating them. Yeah. But then they, um, they had a big comeback. Um, also, again, big news is Ilya Kovalchuk, who was a big NHL player for the Thrashers and then the Devils. Yeah, he led the Devils, um, him and Martin Brodeur and some of the other teammates like Adam Henrique. I think that they um, led, led them to the 2012 Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, um, so he was a star player for the Thrashers. He was probably the best player on the Thrashers of all time in their, what, how many years did they play in? Four? Yeah, I think three or four. Um, but he was their top player, and he's one of the best Devils players of all time, um, no doubt. Um, he came back from retirement and went to the Kings. Yeah. And he just signed a three-year, $18 million contract with the Montreal Canadiens, which is very surprising to me because he hasn't been doing amazing. Like He hasn't been doing what he was after coming out of retirement, and Montreal signed him three years, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, that's about like um, six million. It's like six point twenty two three million a year, because um, it was eighteen point seven million dollars, I believe. Yeah, and then also Perry, uh, Corey Perry, and um, McDermott from the Kings have Curtis both, McDermott. Co- yep. Curtis McDermott have both been suspended. For illegal hits, um, Perry for five games, and McDermott for two games, and then two people got fined. Alex Stalock back on the twenty first of December, he had an embellishment called on him, and just um, a few days ago, they decided on fining him two thousand dollars for the embellishment. You don't know, Stalock is a goalie, and he got a uh, fine $2,000. And then John Tortorella, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, former coach of uh, Vancouver Canucks, 
was fined twenty thousand dollars for um for inappropriate comments about the refs during a game. It was after a game. He was very mad about the way that the refs um refed the end of the game. And um in post game interviews, he said a lot of bad things about the ref and. NHL ultimately decided to find $20,000 against him. And I think that might have been the right call. And they actually said that if he does anything similar like that again, they're going to find him twenty-five k. Wow. Which, yeah, that's amazing. So that's together $45,000 of him getting fined just for something like that, if, if he does that again. And knowing John Tortorello, that's not unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that he does not have the best of discipline. Anyways, and our last piece of news. All the news this week has been pretty big, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, Peter Laviolette, one of probably probably one of the greatest coaches of this decade. Yeah. Of the, or the past decade, arguably, has been fired. Wow. And this came to surprise me. Um, well, kind of, given how his team's... Not performing as they probably should be. Yeah. Um. He, but he was fired from um the Nashville Predators. He has coached for many, many teams, and all of them he's done pretty well with. Yeah. I mean, this Nashville Predators team that just fired him, he led them to a Stanley Cup Finals. Um. And yeah, so he has been fired, and now let's go on to the top players of this week. So, um, number, number 10, actually, um, he's a new goalie on this list, is, um, Anton Hudobin, and he, um, he really surprised me when I, um, looked to see who's leading in goalie stats, and he is third in, um, goals against average with, um, 2.20, and he is second with, in, um, the uh, save percentage with .931. And then number nine is Patrick Kane with 54 points. Number eight, Artemi Panarin with 55 points. Number seven, Jack Eichel with 55 points. And number six, Huberto with 57 points. And number five, Brad Marchand with 60 points. And number, number four... David Posnock with six, 61 points. And number three, Nathan McKinnon, first star of the week, has 64 points. Wow. And he's he's just one point behind the the two duos, or the, the, the Edmonton Oilers yeah. um, dynamic duo. And before I just say, oh, it's McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl again, actually, I put... McDavid at number two, and Leon Draisaitl at number one, because they're tied with points. And you just felt like, okay, well, Connor McDavid's got a lot of time in number one spot. Let's give it to Draisaitl because he's doing equally as well as his partner Connor McDavid. And um, so Connor McDavid, he was he was um leading. He had more points than Leon Draisaitl last week. So that means that um. Dreisaitl got more points than him this week. And, oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, were you going to finish? No. Okay. 
Anyways, now let's look at our top eight teams of the week. So, at number one, as always, for most of the season, I would say, majority. Don't we start at number eight? I usually start at number one. Oh. And I go down the list, surprisingly. Um, I do like to start at the top and go down. I think last week I actually started from the bottom and um, went to the top. But, number one, Washington Capitals with 29-9-5. and five. Number two, Boston Bruins with a 24-8-11. and 11. Number three, St. Louis Blues, 26, 10, and 7. I feel like every time we get to the Blues, they're always a number three. Yeah, number three and number two, they're basically always tied or just a little bit yeah. behind. Or and a little number bit one is just always there. Yeah. Number four, um, Pittsburgh Penguins, 25, 12, and 5 record. And number five, there's a Colorado Avalanche with a 25, 13, and 4 record. And number six is Vegas Golden Knights with a 24, 15, and 6. And number seven is the New York Islanders with 25, 12, and 3. And at number eight is the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 24, 14, and 5. And I'm glad to see a team, a few, two teams that I guess weren't on it last week. I do not believe were on it last week. Or was that one? Okay, yeah, a few teams that weren't on it last week. Uh, Golden Knights weren't on it last week, and Toronto was not on it last week. Yeah. So it's um, cool to see new teams coming up. I know it's cool that a lot of teams are staying very consistent at their spots, but I also like seeing new teams um, pop up. All right, now to the top plays of this week. So at number three, I put Jari's spectacular save on Aaron Ekblad, and I thought that that... That save, he was he was in good position, and he just he slid across, and he really robbed Aaron Ekblad with the blocker. And then number two, something we rarely see, well, we sometimes see it because there's a lot of breakaways in OT and a lot of chances for someone to get a penalty shot. And yeah. Jack Eichel got one, and he um he just went in slowly and then sniped it glove side r- right above the glove of Mike Smith, and that was beautiful. And then, number one, not a goal, not a save, but probably the most creative move you're going to see this year. Yeah, it was a very weird play, to say the least, but it was entertaining to watch. Yeah, and it was just amazing that Jared McCann, he juggled the puck, he he split two... Florida Panthers defenders just by bu- juggling the puck and then got a shot on net, which Chris Dreiger had to make a fairly easy stop, but he still got a shot on net and had to split two defenders and did it all by juggling yeah, a was, puck. Yeah, he was just juggling a puck, with his, which is a thing that I see you doing downstairs playing with with your knee hockey stick or, you know, out in the driveway all the time. But I'm like... Is that ever going to be super practical in a game? And he showed, yeah, it can work in a game. Yeah, and he juggled it six times, including the shot on net. All right, Julian, what's the difference between the Anaheim Ducks and a pinball machine? Uh, I don't know. A pinball machine scores more often and has more points. (laughs) That's, That's a good one. I mean, it's true. And then, what's the difference 
between the New York Islanders and the New York Rangers? Um, I don't know. Different towns. <laughs> the Islanders shoot at a net. <laughs> so those were my jokes that I love telling. They're very hard to find NHL jokes. Um, so I have to like really scavenge for them because they're not in plenties. And a lot of times when I try to find them, they end up being about the fans and like about, oh, like blah, blah, blah. Why can't Anaheim Ducks fans drink tea because the Canadians have all the cups or something like that. And it's more about like the fans less than players or yeah, like less than the players or the team itself. But yeah, they're fun to find. If I do find good ones, those ones are pretty good. And now, let's go to the games of this week. So, at number three, I put the Vegas comeback, where they just went on a burst of scoring, and um, Chandler Stevenson ended up going forehand backhand on a breakaway in OT to win it 5-4 against the St. Louis Blues. And then number two is the Washington Capitals comeback. So, it's 3-2... With two minutes left in the um in the third period, and then there's three goals scored in um there's three goals scored in the last minute, and the first one was exactly at the one minute or the nineteen minute mark of the third period, and exactly one minute remaining, Logan Couture scored an empty net goal, and then um. Jacob Vrana and TJ Oshie scored consecutive goals to tie it in the last minute of play. And then I think that they won off an intelligent play by Braden Holpe in OT, a stretch pass to Carlson, and give it to Lars Eller, who's yeah. just going to snipe it. It wasn't really snipe, it was just a soft feather, but it was a it was a perfectly placed shot, which that matters. And believe me, you know a game is very good when literally everything on your Instagram feed is about all the great plays and goals and saves from that game. Yeah, and that was just an incredible game. And then, um, I don't know how you couldn't really put this at number one when it hap- only happens once a year and it was just an amazing game to watch is the Winter Classic. They are so fun to watch, and even more fun when it's a super exciting Winter Classic like this one. Yeah, and um, it was, um, it was like, less than, less than halfway through the first period, and Corey Perry gets a five-minute major, and the game misconduct, which he ends up getting suspended, but he, um, he gets the, um, he gets the, um, five-minute major, and then in that, they, um, so Como flipped it, the puck out of play, and th- now it's a five-on-three, and they scored one five-on-three goal, and then, um, one, one power play goal with eight seconds left, and it's two-nothing, and then, um, Como scored once, then Klingberg ties it in the third, and then somehow Radulov on a power play just Yeah, at this point, me. Dallas is just going on a roll here. Yeah, and then... Um, the offensive defense for the Dallas Stars helps them as Andre Sekera jumps up in on the rush yeah. and scores a very important goal. And that was just such an entertaining game. Yeah, I mean, Winter Classics, overall, they're great games to watch, but 
They're even better when they're not like 2-1 games. When they're a game that looks like one team's going to win and the other team pushes back with a bunch of defensemen scoring all their goals. Well, except for, you know, like Radulov and all yeah. that. But, um, yeah, it's it's just amazing to see Winter Classics overall, but that was a really good game. All right, now to this day in NHL history. So, um, on the 2nd of January in 1980, Gordie Howe becomes the first NHL player to play in five different decades. Wow. So I believe he started his career in 1938 or 39. Uh, I don't don't know. But he played in that decade. He played in... The um, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So he started career in the 40s, that, that would mean. Um, but yeah, he played five decades. Um, anyways, now, um, on the 5th of January in 1957, NHL hockey debuts on USA Network TV. So TVs were invented, I'm pretty sure, 1937, 39, I want to say. Uh, or they were widely spread at that point. An NHL game on USA Network was not played until um, the start of 1957. And on the 6th, so the day of recording this, um, of January of 1993, Wayne Gretzky plays in his 1,000th NHL game. Wow, that's 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 pretty big milestones. So, yeah, those are some pretty big dates in NHL history. And now, to some more dates in NHL with some birthdays. So, December 31st, New Year's Eve, um, Corey Crawford, he turned 35. And January 3rd, um, Bobby Hull um, celebrated a birthday. Yeah, probably one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. If not in the top five, would you say top ten? Yeah, he created the stick curve with Stan Mikita. Mika? Is it Mika? Mikita, I think. I don't know. We will have to research that. And on January 4th, Nico Heischer turns 21. So now to a haiku. So let's hear what team you have a haiku about today. I have an avalanche haiku today, and um, this is it. This team is speedy. McKinnon is super fast. So is Tyson Just. So yeah, um, they are a speedy team, given that they're fifth in the league right now, and they have a lot of fast skaters, so nice. All right, now, as a little note before we finish off, was Greg Wyshynski, who was uh, one of the hosts on the ESPN on Ice podcast, wrote, a very interesting and in-depth article about the top 100 NHL players of the decade. And there's so many great players, it's hard to maybe fit them all into 100, given how many players played in that amount of time. But he didn't, and it's a pretty accurate list. Um, so here are some things that I would like to note about, and you can add on to, um, about some of his top 100 players. Excuse me. Anyways, he for his top three, he put Crosby, McDavid, and then Ovechkin. His top goalie of the decade was Hendrik Lundqvist, who got the fifth spot. Um, the first, the top retired player of the decade was Pavel Datsuk, 
who's at the 11th um, spot. One person that I feel like should be maybe higher is um, is Luongo, Robert, Roberto, Roberto? Roberto. Of, Roberto Luongo, um, who was at 52, I feel should be a little bit higher. Number 77 was Keith Yandel, which I really like that he put him on this list because, you I mean, he's a great player, but also his Ironman streak that he's currently on, he's gone for eight 839 games, I'm pretty sure from March of... 2009 up until now and he's still going on the streak and then 98 another player I should feel I feel should be higher I know the 2010s wasn't his decade I know it was more of the 90s 2000s but Yarmir Yager I feel like he still played great I mean this was at a time where he was I guess playing finishing up in um Pittsburgh Philadelphia New Jersey, Florida, like, he was still playing good at that time. He was at 98, feel should be a little bit higher. But, um, yeah, so that was a little over of Wyshynski's thing. What do you have to say about that? Um, I think that it's a really good list, and it's really accurate. But, I mean, I think that just some little things is that, um, I, th- I feel like Ovi should be too. Just because, he, yeah, McDavid hasn't been playing most of this decade. Yeah, and Ovi, for the seasons that McDavid has played, Ovi has still played, um, not, like, not, like, so close to as good as McDavid, but pretty close, and he's led, led in the goals category so much, and I feel like, um, I, I like this list, and... One of the reasons is because there's eight Bruins on it. Oh, of course. That's why you like the list. Wasn't it five Bruins? I counted eight, actually. Because, eight? Yeah. Eight players that played for the Bruins or eight that were, like, m- played best on the Bruins? Eight that played best because there was Rask. Um, there was Rask and Thomas. There was um, Krejci, um, Krug, Chara. Yeah, but then there was a bunch of ones that... Yeah. Um, and all then right. the perfection line. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, um, make sure to go follow our Twitter at hockey underscore heads. We do this every week. I'm Lyle. I'm Julian. And we're the Hockey Heads, and we like talking about hockey. We're the Hockey Heads. We talk about hockey. We talk about hockey. A lot of hockey. We like hockey. We talk about hockey. Yes, we like Hockey Heads Podcast.